Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 58. Let's go back again to where we began yesterday, the idea of you getting $10 million for Christmas and how that would affect your thinking, but you have a greater reality. You are unlikely, by the way, to get $10 million for Christmas, Christmas, but you are going to get something so much greater in the future. You will rise again. And today we're going to go deeper into that reality and talk about, okay, our resurrection life and our resurrection bodies, what will they be like? Uh, But also we will see again the practical ramifications. If you were getting $10 million for Christmas and you knew that, you would think differently and live differently between now and then. Well, you're going to get a new body and death is going to someday be defeated forever. You should think differently and live differently. Let's see a little bit more about that as we get into our reading today in the end of 1 Corinthians. Now, as we look at this, we're going to see a few different sections in the text. And the first of those sections really is a more in-depth description of what we're going to see in these new bodies. Now, he starts with some warnings um, because people are going to ask from a purely naturalistic, materialistic perspective, how are the dead raised? Um, And he's saying you're missing the point because people are like dead people don't come back to life. And maybe some people are thinking, well, what if somebody was cremated or uh, dismembered? You know, how how are they going to come back to life? How does that work? And he's saying you're not thinking about this. And also he introduces us to some ideas that as we think about our resurrection bodies, there is a sense of continuity, but also a sense of discontinuity. It's not going to be just the same life uh, that we've had, and it's not going to be this mortal flesh and blood thing that we've experienced in this life. However, uh, it's not just going to be something totally different, and I think that's something that is unfortunate when people think of heaven as this disembodied experience floating on clouds. uh, That doesn't seem to be what we see in scripture when we see a new heaven, a new earth, a physical place, and real bodies. And even we think of the body of Jesus Christ, clearly it was different, but there was some sense of continuity, even that he could be touched, that he would eat. He uses the image here of you put a kernel in the ground and then the wheat comes out. And and what comes out of the ground isn't exactly like what you put in. And so he speaks really of heavenly bodies and of a new glory of this new body. And then he gives us some descriptions uh, starting in verse 42. So it is, so is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, but what is raised is imperishable. So our new bodies, our resurrection bodies, they will not grow old and they will not wear out. And again, I think the louder amens are being said probably by those who are older and listening to the podcast, because we know you grow up probably in your early 20s, your your body is physically in its prime, and then it is all downhill from there. You really begin this long, slow process of perishing where things don't work like they used to. Um, 
you're you're just getting older and then your muscles aren't as strong and your bones start even to not be as strong or maybe some have experienced more pain or sickness than others that are saying amen at this point one theologian describes these imperishable bodies as completely healthy and strong forever so again that doesn't mean well i'm going to be in my early 20s forever because no it'll actually even be better than that because again there is some discontinuity between this new experience you will have and the old. And then it says it is uh, sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Now, think about how much time we spend trying to beautify ourselves. Let's be real. We're an ugly bunch and we do things cosmetically to make ourselves look good. Even we All of us, I hope we cover ourselves with clothing because of the dishonor that it would be to be seen undressed in public. It is dishonor, but it is raised in glory. Now, even that word for glory um, has the idea literally of brightness. And again, here's where we're limited, I believe, in what we know about our future bodies, Um, but You think of Moses, when he comes down from the mountain, what happened with his face? It shone. So is that what it's saying about our resurrection bodies? Again, I don't think we can know everything, but I think it's a possibility that that literally there may be a glory to our resurrection bodies. Or you think of the transfiguration of Jesus, uh, that it seems that that there was a brightness and his clothes were white. Uh, So again, we don't know, but what we have now is dishonor. And what we will have is glory. Next, it gets to weakness versus power. We are weak. Uh, Weak at at many levels. We're physically weak. We're mentally weak. We can be emotionally weak. um, But we will be raised in power. Again, strength. Strength that lasts forever. And then finally, the last comparison is it's a natural body now, but it will be a spiritual body. And again, I don't think this means that you will have some totally non-physical body in the future. Again, look at the resurrected Christ. There is something physical about that. I think the idea of spiritual means that we are more in line with the spirit. And this is something that I'm particularly looking forward to. Right now, when it comes to temptation, our flesh, our bodies, our natural bodies are pushing us the wrong way. When something upsets us and we're tempted to be angry, our bodies don't help us in that. Often when we're tempted to be anxious, our our bodies will work against us as your stomach feels like it's in nuts. Someday in the resurrection, there will be no temptation, but also your body will only be pushing you towards what is right. That sounds amazing. And that is what we can look forward to. And so we have borne the image of the man of dust. We, we've borne the image of Adam. But verse 49, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven, that we will, like Christ, be raised from the dead. And that is a good thing. And the next section here really in the text anticipates the victory that Jesus will win over death. Uh, And someday he will destroy death and and the sting of death is gone. It sings in this song in uh, verses 45 and 50, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And it speaks even of what God will do. Verse 
51, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And I believe that's ultimately speaking to the rapture, what will happen to people that are still alive when Christ comes back. They won't experience dying and then being raised, but they will be changed in verse 52 in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. So there, when Christ returns, the dead will rise, uh, and those who are alive, they will be changed instantly into these new resurrection glorified bodies. And this is the final victory that Jesus will win. Is that something that excites you? It should. There's a reason why at Christian funerals, there should be, although there is grief and there's pain in that moment, there should be victory as well because of what we know Jesus is going to do. So I hope the reading today excites you as you think about the new body, as you think about what Jesus is going to do and how death will be done away with forever and how even now death is not as painful as it could be because of the confidence that we know that death is not the end. These are encouraging and should be exciting things. But the last section we're going to see really is the application of all of this in the very last verse, which says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So there we really see something that should affect us, I think, internally and something that speaks more to our actions. And the first two things that we should be steadfast and immovable. I think that's really speaking about the state of our souls, that we are steady. We have a confidence and a trust in God because the worst thing that could happen to us, death, isn't really something to be feared because we will be raised to life with Christ. We will experience this new resurrection body. So what is there to be afraid of? We should be steadfast. We should be immovable. And again, when we're reading this from the Apostle Paul, um, in, in the period of the early church, for many of them, their faith costing them even their lives was much more of a realistic possibility. But there should be no fear in that. There should be steadfastness and they should be immovable because of the uh, the assuredness of the resurrection. And then really it speaks not just of the state of our souls, but then of our actions always abounding in the work of of the Lord. And that's where I hope, again, this affects your perspective, that you would think differently and live differently because of the reality of your resurrection. This life, in this life, we should be busy about the things of the kingdom and think through your involvement in your local church. Think through your efforts to reach people who are lost. Uh, what we call in our church, reaching, teaching, training. These should be things that you fill your life with because that's what this life is for. Someday you will experience the resurrection. And so we need to not get caught up in the things of this world because God has something better in store for us. Spend your life for the things of God as you set your hope on the resurrection. So again, 
Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.